this morning? How many have questions in life? How many have times in your life when you don't understand everything? Everything doesn't make sense totally. And you wonder about something that's going on or you wonder why you feel a certain way or you wonder why things are the way they are. Every one of us have questions. We have things we think about and we might not always voice them out, but we think about them. As it started off there, the thousands of thoughts we have every day about life. And even though people won't admit it, people think, is there a God? Is there an eternity waiting for me? What happens after I die? Who am I? Why, why am I here? What is my purpose? I mean, there's a lot of questions to be answered in our lives. The great thing is, the good news is this morning that the Bible has the answer to all of them. And I can tell you this morning personally that I have found every answer that I've ever had, every question that I've ever had, I've found the answer right here in this book. The greatest book ever written, amen? 66 books of inspired word of God, amen? That changes lives, transforms people, heals people as we heard this morning. I know that in this place we have just about every possible testimony you could possibly think of. As we're going to have in, in a bit uh, several people being baptized this morning as a public confession of their faith they're going to give a short testimony of who Jesus is and I want you to think this morning as you're here it doesn't matter if you've been saved and a Christian for your whole life or for a long time or for a short time or if you do not know Jesus this morning you need to answer the question this morning who is Jesus who is Jesus and you need to ask yourself do I know him and that's the question that everybody in the world every one of the seven billion people on the earth are going to have to answer someday when the Bible says in Revelation that we will stand before God. The Bible says that every one of us will stand before that King of Kings and Lord of Lords and the Bible says we'll have to give an account for our lives. And the Bible says that we need to know Jesus, amen, as our Lord and Savior. So as you get your Bibles open to John 4, I want to read from the Gospel of John and this is the account of John, of the life of Jesus. And just for those, again, that were, uh, are here visiting possibly, or maybe you've never heard. We don't know this morning as people are going to get baptized, people invite family members. We don't know backgrounds of every person in this place. We don't know what your thoughts are. We don't know what your beliefs are. And we're not here this morning to convert you to religion. We're here to share a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with you, amen? And his name, the Bible says, is Jesus. And we want you to know that he's real this morning. And, and uh, you know, there's a movie out right now that many have seen, and, and I finally got to see it, God's Not Dead Too. And these movies are so awesome to get the world to think, just as the first one did, about creation and science and does God exist and is God real and all these different things. And I was so blessed to find out uh, being led by the Holy Spirit that I had mentioned some things by God's Holy Spirit in some messages that were in the movie. I did not know as I had not seen it yet, but one of the most powerful things, and I just feel led to say this again for any person that says, man, I wonder how we know that this book that you're holding is God's word. How do we know that? How do we know that it's right? How do we know that Jesus is who he proclaimed to be because they would ask him as you read the scriptures who are you and they would say are you the king of the Jews and he would say I am I love that answer I am because he is the great I am this morning amen and there were some great thinkers 
How many know that we have laws in our country and there's laws that are supposed to be upheld and we have lawyers and we have a court system and we have all these different things that help us to stay, to try to help us to stay in, inside of parameters. And uh, one of the greatest law schools ever was Harvard Law School. How many know that in the United States? And one of the co-founders of Harvard Law School was an atheist. Did not believe in God at all. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, I don't even believe in God. I can't wait till this is over. I'm here to support a friend or a family member. That might be you. Well, there's a lot of people who claim to be atheists. The only problem with that and the only reason that they don't stay that way is is because they begin to look and see curiosity, curiosity kicks in. And they begin to say, let me check something out. And that's the worst thing an atheist can do is check out the Bible. So this man that was a co-founder of Harvard University said, I'm going to check out the Bible and I'm going to prove that Jesus was a false and Jesus did not resurrect from the dead. I'm going to prove that it's all a lie. And that was the greatest mistake he could ever do. And he began to read and study and he found out and made this statement. Listen, co-founder of Harvard University. He said, the Bible and Jesus' life, death, and resurrection the most verifiable event to ever happen in the history of the world. Can you say amen? That's a Harvard, co-founder of Harvard University. Guess what? He didn't stay an atheist. He became a believer in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Amen? Because he started checking out the facts. See, we're not here this morning just believing some crazy book of some crazy man, of some crazy people. We're here listening to a message about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, the great I Am, and he was before there was. Do you realize that we can't even wrap our minds around who God is because he was before there was? We try to get our minds to say, how in the world? Well, who created God then? Okay, I'll go with you on this creation thing. I'll, I'll say I believe that there's a creation, creator. I'll say that I believe that, that, there, that, that you know, something happened and there was something first. And then our minds go, well, who created the creator? Our minds try to think of that. And guess what? He was before there was. And he will be after there isn't. Amen. And that same God, the creator of the universe, the Bible says, is here with us this morning. His presence and his Holy Spirit is here. Amen. And he came down from heaven and he walked on this earth in a physical body. And he did something for humanity that all we have to do, the Bible says, is believe. There was another lawyer who is in the Guinness Book of World Records for, for getting 325 straight acquittals of murder. 325. How many know it'd be amazing to win one? Well, this same lawyer has the Guinness Book of World Records for the 325 straight murder acquittals. And he also said the resurrection of Jesus Christ is verifiable and undeniable. Because Jesus is who he says he is this morning. Amen? That's not just something that goes, oh, how neat. That sounds cool. How emotional. There's nobody else that could say that I am the great I am. John chapter 4, verse 1. I want to show you a quick story this morning. And it says in verse 1, if you'd read quite a few verses with me, I won't be boring, I promise. But I do want you to see some verses. And this is all I'm going to talk about this morning. Because as we read this, I want you to know this morning that God can change you. God can heal you. 
God can deliver you. God can set you free. God can give you a purpose this morning. God can give you joy this morning. Maybe I didn't mention what you need from God, but whatever you need from God this morning, he is. Can you say amen? Whatever you need this morning, he is. Verse 1, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. He needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there and Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Now, just quickly, just to throw something in for you, one of the amazing things here in just these few verses here is that we see that Jesus drank water, that he was hungry, that he got weary. Those things are very important because the Bible tells us that God came down and became human. We must understand the power of that dynamic because religions will tell you, die for me. Religions will say, gods will say, small g gods will say, I need you to die for me. I need you to do something for me so that you can be good in my eyes. And God messed that all up when he said, I don't want you to do anything for me. I'm going to do everything for you. I'm going to step down from my throne. What king in this world, what president in this world would leave their throne to come down with common people? and live in a real body, live in a real world, and, and be weary like us, and hurt like us, and be challenged like us, and have the, the pains like us, but Jesus. Amen. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us. So we see his humanity here, but at the same time, he's God. That's what a lot of people get messed up on. He's on the earth as a human in a human body, but he's still God. He's a man, but he's God. He's God, but he's in a man's body. Amen. That's why we understand the Trinity this morning. of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We see that working in the Bible. And this morning, we'll baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because of that very example that the Bible gives us, that God, who was on the throne, but he was also on the ground as a human, and he was also in spirit with us. And we see him working through these things, and we see him on this journey. He says to this lady, give me a drink, as his disciples had gone to buy food. Pick up with me in verse 9. And the woman of Samaria says, how is it that you being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said, and this is what I want to say to you this morning, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. See, this morning God is giving us an opportunity to meet him. God is giving us an opportunity to know him. God is here using my voice, using this place, using his word to reach you with the message of the gospel. And this is how it has worked for 2,000 years since Jesus left the earth. 
We're doing this morning what the Bible tells us to do. We're gathering together and we're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. These are not my words. These are not the words of anybody in this room. They're God's words. And all we're doing is teaching the people what God's word says. And we're doing exactly what Jesus came to do. He told his disciples, go into all the world and teach them the things that I have taught you. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're just doing, as that wall says up there, the vision of the Bible. Evangelizing, telling people about Jesus. Then teaching them through discipleship how to be like Jesus. And then multiplying his work by planting churches. Amen. And, and, and spreading the gospel into different places where it is not this morning. As we, as this fellowship of churches, have churches all around the world this morning, right now, as we're sitting here, there are pastors and preachers all around the world in Africa and Costa Rica and Mexico, Cuba, Canada, Russia, Czechoslovakia, Czech Republic, England, all over the world, preaching the same Bible, preaching the same message that people would get saved this morning. Amen. And people would put their faith not in a church, but in the name of Jesus Christ this morning, amen? That we would put our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And sometimes we're listening to a message and we don't get it. This Saturday we'll be having a concert here on our parking lot. It'll be a concert with rap music. It doesn't matter what the song is or what the uh, genre is, as long as it's talking about Jesus. But we're going to do this so that people can hear about Jesus and so they can be saved, and we have lots of different ways that we do that. We have ways to reach out and say, say Jesus is the way to heaven, and we do it in all kinds of different ways, and God has called you to do that this morning, and when we do that, we're throwing out the words of Jesus in different ways, and we're hoping that whoever has an ear would hear. And I want you to know this morning that you might be here with your family. You might be here with a friend. You might be here by yourself. This is an individual decision. People are going to get baptized this morning that have made an individual decision. We don't do it as a family saying, hey, it's, not, it's great to get baptized with somebody in your family, but you don't say, hey, I'll get baptized if you get baptized. It's a personal decision. And you're telling Jesus, and you're telling the devil, and you're telling the world, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and I want to make a public confession of that to the whole world. And listen this morning, every single one of you and I this morning has to make a personal decision whether or not you believe in Jesus Christ. It's personal. Somehow, some way, people somehow think that if they become a member of a church, that they're going to go to heaven. If they give some kind of money to a place or donation, or they help people that are poor, or they act real good, they're going to make it to heaven. The Bible says those ways are not the way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one will come unto the Father except through me, Jesus. Amen. And my cross, and my blood, and my sacrifice. And so we must understand this morning that this is a gospel message to a people who are listening and some will grab it and some will say, I believe, and some it will go over their head and some will be bored and some will be thinking about something else and some will be being attacked by the enemy because the enemy doesn't want you to hear the truth. The Bible tells us that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There is an enemy. If there's a God, there's an enemy. If there's a truth, there's a lie. Amen. If there's a heaven, there's a hell. They all exist. 
And this morning, God wants you to be in heaven with him because the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. So there is a hell, there is a heaven, but it's an individual choice. And Jesus, sometimes, as Pastor Andrews was saying at the offering, we read things and don't really catch what God is trying to say. He says, if you knew. Listen, you are at the well this morning. You are at the well this morning. We, I want you to put yourself right there in this story. Whether you're a man or a woman, doesn't matter. But Jesus is standing with you at the well, and he's saying, give me to drink. He's saying to you, Open up your heart to me. That lady says, what are you doing here with me? Sometimes people say, how can you be talking to me, God? You don't know how messed up I am. Some of you in here this morning are saying, you don't know how messed up I am. You don't know what I've done. Listen, this ain't going to work for me. I'm jacked up. I'm messed up. This, this, This thing is for good people. No, it's not. He didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. Healthy people don't go to hospitals. Sick people go to hospitals. The church of Jesus Christ is a hospital. Amen. And we don't turn anybody away. Jesus doesn't turn anybody away. You never see someone come into the emergency room and they say, you're too bloody. You're too sick. Go to another place. Amen. They let them in and they treat them. Jesus just says this morning, I don't care how messed up you are. He says, as a matter of fact, I specialize in messed up people. I specialize in touching messed up people. That's my goal, that's my job, that's my purpose. So you're in the right place if you're messed up. Because we all are messed up. We've all been messed up. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus comes down and changes everything. I woke up with that in my spirit this morning. Jesus changes everything. How many know Jesus changes everything? Has anybody met him this morning personally? And when he came into your life, it wasn't just an encounter. He changed everything. For some of us, in a good way, he messed us up. Because we wanted to keep doing what we were doing, but once we met him, we couldn't keep doing what we were doing anymore because his conviction of love came upon us and said, I love you just like you are, but I love you too much to leave you like that. So I want you to become like me. I want you to become in the likeness of God. So I'm staying on this verse for a second by the Holy Spirit because it's if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink. I don't think we understand the fullness of the power of God when he says, you don't know who I am. See, we're enamored sometimes by, by actors and athletes and different things like that, and we don't really realize that those people put their pants on just like we do, and they hurt just like we do, and they have depression just like we do, and they have struggles just like we do. And if you've noticed, most of them that have a lot of money are messed up, and they have all this money, but they have no happiness, and they throw it away on crazy things, and they're no better than us. But if we realize that God, Jesus Christ, King of the world, wants to know us personally, it would make us think, my God, my God, you are real, and you want to talk to me? You know my name? The Bible says he knows your name this morning. Someone's here, and you're thinking, God don't even know I exist. Yeah, he knows you exist, and he knows how many hairs on your head. He knows where you were born, and he knows when you were born, and how you were born, and who you were born to, and you were born the way he wanted you to be born. Can you say amen? He doesn't make mistakes. He loves you this morning, and he has a plan for you, so he says, you don't know. If you knew, you'd be asking to give living water. 
Go with me. The woman said, Sir, this is how we think. You have nothing to draw with. She's not thinking spiritually. She's thinking carnally. You have no way to get water out. The well's deep. Where, when, where then do you get that living water? She asked the right question. Sometimes we've got to ask the right question. Where do I get that living water? If you're wondering this morning, I've got a good answer for you. She says, are you greater, verse 12, than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? And he says these powerful words. Listen, Jesus says, whoever. I want you to say with me, I am whoever. Come on, I am whoever. How many know you're, tell the person next to you, you're a whoever. I'm a whoever. We a whoever. Some of y'all didn't get that far with me. Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. See, once you meet Jesus for reals, you're never the same again. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. How many are with me? everlasting life see this is the thing we have to understand too when you say everlasting life that sounds good everlasting life i'm not talking about eternal life because eternal life everybody has we are going to live forever every one of us everyone who's ever been born and died is going to live forever but there's two places that we live forever the bible says heaven or hell we get to choose to go to heaven and the Bible says God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Amen. He wants us to go to heaven so we can have everlasting life this morning. And the woman says, verse 15, stay with me. Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst. Come here to draw. Jesus, watch this. I'm going to mess you up right here. Jesus says, go call your husband. Before we do this, I want you to go call your husband. See, one of the things you need to understand about Jesus this morning, if you're taking notes, I'm just going to tell you three quick things, is he offers real life. Real life. Some of you in here think you live. There are people here this morning, or not even here, there are people in the world this morning, waking up this morning, still sleeping right now, waking up with headaches. Hungover. They thought they had a life last night. They thought they were the life. Thought they were the life of the party. How many know that's not real life? Waking up, not knowing how much money you spent, where you've been or who you've been with, is not real life. Real life is what Jesus offers. Waking up in the morning without a hangover, without wasting all the money you spent, knowing who you were with last night, knowing who you're going to be with today, that's real life. Peace that passes all understanding. Now the next thing I want you to understand about Jesus is besides the fact he offers real life, here's the real deal. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about you. So this woman says, hey, I, I want this water. He says, time out. Go get your husband. Watch this. The woman says, I have no husband. Jesus says, you have said well. You have no husband. For you have had five husbands. Come on, y'all looking at the Bible with me? If you're not looking, at least listen. I always tell people, Jerry Springer ain't got nothing on the Bible. There's some crazy stuff in here. 
Yeah, you're right. You don't have a wife. I mean, a husband. You have had five. He knows everything about you. Sometimes we think we can come and put on a facade or think that God doesn't know everything. The reason he wants you to know that he knows everything is because if he knows everything, he can fix everything. He knows everything this morning. He knows what you think nobody knows. You said, well, for you have five husbands. Watch this, verse 18. And the one whom you have now is not your husband. So you had five, but right now the one you're with, he's not your husband. He went deep into her life. You say, I don't want, I don't want this because I don't want Jesus to know. Well, he knows whether you want him or not. He knows. I'd rather let him come on in and fix me because he knows me anyways. Can you say amen? And it says, well, the woman says a wise word. She says, I think you're a prophet. You think? How many know if someone says something about you that they can't know? That's probably God. Amen? Well, I think you might be a prophet. How in the world did you know that? The woman said, I perceive that you're a prophet. Verse 21, Jesus said, woman, believe me. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, and we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Watch this, but the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. That's why he's here. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth and I'm closing right here the woman said I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ and when he comes he will tell us all things Jesus said listen to these words I who speak to you am he I who speak to you am he no one else in the history of the world has been able to say those words. I am that man. I am Christ. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with the woman. That's culture. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you, what are you talking about? The woman left her water pot, went away into the city. And this is what I want you to see. God turns messed up people into evangelists. Guess what? You can have a purpose this morning. You don't have to be in a pulpit. You don't have to be even in the setting of a church. You are an evangelist this morning. I am an evangelist this morning. We are all evangelists this morning. And we need to go tell people what Jesus has done for us. Can you say amen? We have a testimony. You say, I don't have a testimony. Well, what has Jesus done for you? Who were you before you met the Lord? I have a testimony this morning. Amen. 24 years ago, I was on the road to hell. Jesus changed my life and I have never been the same and I would never change my walk with him for all the money in the world. He changed my life. Has he changed anybody else's life in this place? She says, as the musicians come, come see a man. Watch this. Come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. She says, could this be the Christ? As we're closing this morning, I'm going to ask you 
to bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'm going to ask all those that are going to be baptized to go ahead and head back and, and begin to change this morning. But I want to speak to you that are listening. I know that those that are getting baptized have put their faith in Jesus this morning because they're making a public profession of that. But this morning, I want to ask you, who's Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Do you know him? Do you know of him? Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? Is he just a name? Is he religion to you? Is he something you talk about once a year or twice a year or a few times a year? Who is he to you? I can't answer that question for you. Only you can. The Bible continues to say on in that story in verse 39 that many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him. Many. Because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them a few days and many more believed and the final verse says such a powerful statement. Now we believe. To the woman they said, now we believe. Not because of what you said. For we ourselves have heard him. And we know that this is indeed the Christ. The Savior of the world. We know now that he is who he says he is. He is the Savior he is the Christ, the Savior of the world. Father, this morning as we're gathered together in this place, this moment will never happen again. This is a moment in time. Your word calls it a kairos moment. It's a moment in time where we begin to understand that tomorrow is not promised to me. That I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what the future holds for my life. But this morning I do know one thing. I'm here now. And I'm alive. And I'm telling you Lord. As you know there are many in this place. That need to know you. As their Lord and Savior this morning. Need to make a decision to say God. I know I'm a sinner and I fall short of your glory. I know that. You know everything about me, so I might as well get real with you, Father, and say, Lord, change me. Or you might be here and you might even know he's real, but you might be ashamed. You might say, I've, how, could, how could God take me back? I've done so much. Let me tell you something. There's nothing you can do to stop the love of Jesus. It's real. It's eternal. He's going to love humanity all the way to hell. He'll never stop loving us. But he says, the way to me is through my son. I came and I died and I, I who knew no sin became sin for you. So that you could be the righteousness of God. How many this morning all over this place could make a decision personal decision and say pastor the Holy Spirit is speaking to me right now 
And I know that if I died today, I would not make heaven my home. I have never put Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But today I want to do that. I want to know that I am saved. Listen, I'm not talking about a religion. I'm talking about a relationship. Religion says A, B, C, D to get to God. Jesus says, I came down and did A, B, C, D for you. All I need you to do is believe in what I did on the cross for you. That while you were a sinner, Christ died for you. How many all over this place could say, would you pray for me this morning? That's me. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. God bless you. 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 How many more? God bless you. How many more all over this place? This is the power of a baptismal service. We get, God bless you, we get family members to come in and think about, man, I've seen a change in my family member. I've seen a change in my friend. I've seen God doing something in them that I never thought they could do before. Wow, maybe God can do that for me. Maybe God can change me. I still believe there's some more in here this morning that need to make the decision. And right now the devil's on one shoulder telling you, you are not worthy. You're not good enough. You haven't done enough things to be saved. But I remind you of the Bible, of a story of a cross and a Savior in the middle of two criminals mocking God, telling him, why don't you save yourself if you're the Christ? And we know he couldn't come off that cross, not because he didn't have the power to, but because if he did, we'd have no salvation this morning. He wasn't killed, as that testimony said this morning. He gave his life for us. And that one criminal came to his mind, kind of like the lady at the well. She realized, this is Jesus. This is the Son of God. And looked over and said, will you remember me today in paradise? He put his faith in Jesus right there. He didn't do anything but put his faith in Jesus. He's on the cross dying a death he deserves. And as he looks over to Jesus, Jesus turns to him after he had said those words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He looked over to him and he said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. Those are the most powerful words in the Bible. Today you will be with me in paradise. I want to ask us this morning to stand to our feet for a moment. We're going to do the baptism in just a second. But I am so excited this morning because I saw many hands go up. And this is why the doors are open this morning. So people can meet Jesus. And this place this morning is full and you're going to hear in a moment a few of them of testimonies of people who came in lost and left found came in bound and left set free came in sick and left healed came in hurting and left with a purpose I want to ask this morning if you meant that this morning if you meant what you said when you raised your hand and today you want to tell the devil and the world and most important Jesus God I want to give you my life if you meant that I want to ask you to do one more thing I want you to boldly step out of your seat to the nearest aisle and I want you to come down here and stand with me this morning quickly as you raised your hand just step out amen just come down God is going to come with you amen come on hands went up 
There's coming some right there. Amen. Take someone to be bold. Come on, you raised your hand. I need salvation. I need Jesus. Come on, step out and come down. Stand right here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You can stay facing me. That's fine. I'm going to wait a second. I saw some more hands. This isn't to embarrass you. You know why we do this? Amen. God bless you. Come on, church. Pray them in. Pray them in this morning. Come on. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to come. What if you walk out of this place? Listen, what if you walk out of this place this morning? God forbid something happens and you pass into eternity. And God shows you the moment that you had a chance to give your life to him. And you might say this this morning. Listen, as many do, I can pray right here. Yes, you can. You can pray right there where you're at. The problem with that is, is if you're afraid to make a bold statement for Jesus in a church, you are not going to be bold for God outside of these four walls. That's why we ask you to make a public confession of your faith. Because I can tell you this morning, I don't care what you think about me. I care what Jesus thinks about me. I'm not ashamed of him. I'm not ashamed of his gospel. And that's why I publicly say I am a believer in Jesus Christ. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you're still there. Maybe you're backslidden this morning. Maybe you, are, you knew Jesus at some time. But you are far from him today. and You need to come. I'm going to wait five more seconds. I think God's touching these ladies this morning. God is touching these people. I want to wait five more seconds. If you're still here and you need Jesus, just step out. Amen. Five, four, three, two, one. We're going to say a prayer together, all of us, all over this place. A biblical prayer. How how can I be saved this morning? The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Period. The Bible says, ladies, this morning that when we say this prayer, every sin you've ever committed in your life is going to be washed away. I know that's hard to believe, but the Bible says it. That your sins are going to be washed from the east, how far the east is from the west. Thrown into the sea, Psalm says, into the sea of forgetfulness. The world will remember it. You could have a conviction on your record. You could be having to go face something in jail. It could be written down in a courthouse this morning, but God will not remember it, the Bible says. It is forgotten. It is forgiven, and it is gone in Jesus' name. Say this with me, ladies. Say this with me all over this place. Lord Jesus, I love you. I thank you for your salvation. You are real in my life. You know everything about me. And you want to save me. I give you my life this morning. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I ask you to wash me clean with the precious blood that you shed on the cross for me. You knew my name. You were thinking of me as you spread your arms and let them put those nails in your hands. As they lashed your back with those stripes, you bled for me. I believe that. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. This morning I ask you to change me, to give me a new life, to make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. 
and I make this statement Jesus I confess with my mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead and because of that I am saved in Jesus name devil get out of my life leave me alone I do not belong to you anymore I've been bought with the blood of Jesus in Jesus name amen the Bible says the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now amen the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now amen God is touching you ladies what he's doing in your heart let him do it amen what he's doing in your heart I knew her since she was real young so good to haven't seen her in like 15 years praise God God is good amen we're gonna give them a book I want to ask you guys to go back to your seats this morning I want to say one more prayer as you go back for those of you maybe today that didn't make a decision today's still the day of salvation at any moment you can call on the name of the Lord just don't let it be too late because once we breathe our last breath there is no second chance got to make that choice to give our lives to Jesus again it's not to a church it's not to a religion it's to the giver of life the one and the only who came and gave his life for us this morning amen